Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Your coordination and balance help you to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work that Magnesium is naturally found in foods like... This is the Well and Good Podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Hi, I'm Taylor Camille, senior producer and resident single bitch here at Well and Good. Today, we're talking about this incoming summer of touch, love, or what Megan Thee Stallion coined hot girl summer, and all the iterations of that which have arose as a result of a large amount of people getting vaccinated, feeling like it's time to re-enter the world and connect with strangers in the streets and maybe the sheets. If you, like me, were forced into celibacy in your childhood room or elsewhere and glaringly single during the pandemic, you too might be ready for a hot and heavy summer of love, or maybe the slowing of the world helped you to really hone in and identify the type of partner, partners, and intimacy you seek. Wherever you stand, there's no doubt a lot of anticipation around this summer and a particular focus on what we'll do with this first ability to touch after keeping our six feet of distance to now having the ability to get much closer and unveil the mass characteristics below our eyes. Many have forecasted this summer will reach roaring 20s levels of horniness and promiscuity, and I wondered how true are these predictions really? And will this summer live up to all that we crave and desire? It doesn't seem like it's going to be the summer of freakiness, the summer of like going crazy. That's Shan Boudram. She's an intimacy expert and sexologist who wants people to be more confident and more competent both in and out of the bedroom. And I fashion myself as Dr. Ruth meets Rihanna. I hope it's a summer of compartmentalization. Mm -hmm. It's the summer of not every person has to be my person. I can Mm -hmm. open myself up to experiences And some of those can be sexual. Some of those can be going on a hike. Some of those can be, I have an event to go to. I need someone to come with me. And this person looked good Mm -hmm. or was somewhat interesting. I can have a decent time or we have the same taste when it comes to restaurants. So maybe I save their number, not so that we text every day, but this every once in a while, when I want someone to go to a panel with, this is the person that I holler at. I want to see more people do that. 
I think we have to acknowledge that we've been hungry for physical touch and connection and intimacy for so long Mm -hmm. that I imagine this summer is going to look like a, a lot of people being lost in the desert and being offered water for the first time. We're there. There is, I think it's, yeah, parched, so parched. That's Ray McDaniel, a licensed therapist, coach, and an educator with a group private therapy practice called Practical Audacity in Chicago and an online group coaching program for trans and non-binary folks who want to transition with less suffering and more ease called Genderfuck. But FCK, because we're polite, know you. People might have a tendency to drink a little bit too much at first. Mm-hmm. I am all for us having fun, a lot of fun this summer. We're all thirsty, it's true. Let's get out there and make it happen. And let's stay grounded while we do that. Now, don't get me wrong. Sex is amazing, and especially based on the year and a half that we have had, people deserve to go out there and have the fun that they want to have. And they deserve to go out there and feel liberated and connect. And like you said, the summer of touch, like I want to see all those things happen, but I also don't want to see in the process of that, we dispose sexual health and then also sexual ethical attitudes and intimate ethical attitudes that lead to people having better experiences overall and frankly, better sex overall. If you ask people, you know, do you want a better sex life? I think 99% of people are going to tell you yes. But then it's like, okay, and then what do I do? How do I do it? That's Rebecca Alvarez. Rebecca is a sexologist and the CEO and co-founder of Bloomy, a marketplace for clean sexual wellness products curated by Rebecca and her team, with clean meaning screened to not include the toxic ingredients that many products have that impact our health. She herself grew up not really having the language to talk about sex, but has studied this space and now helps people find the terms to improve their sex lives and sexual well-being. This past year plus, I saw two main trends. The first one is extremely high levels of stress. And for many reasons, right? Whether Mm -hmm. people are dealing with like isolation or job loss or being home with new family members all the time or being home with your partner all the time. Stress, we know, impacts the body in many ways. It can also directly impact your libido. So a lot of people were also reporting low sex drive over the past year plus, which is interesting to think about because I think a lot of people assumed that there would be so much sex. We're going to be stuck at home. Everyone's going to be having sex. And I think that was a little short-lived Because then reality is hidden of like other stressors. And when you have compound stress and chronic stress, it definitely impacts your libido and your ability to even like want sex or want to be intimate with yourself or your partner. And then number two is kind of like the silver lining of the past year plus has been that self-exploration became big and became more accepted. Being able to find pleasure in your body, to make yourself feel good, that concept I think is not leaving. I definitely think self-exploration is going to continue to be big. And Mm -hmm. overall, I think people are going to be more mindful. Most people haven't had sex as adults, right? And what that means, like the the self-pleasure side of it. And at the same time, most people I find have had bad experiences when it comes to sex. They've experienced bad sex or unpleasurable sex 
or even traumatic experiences, especially with women of color. And so I feel like acknowledging some of those things helps people see, okay, I'm not alone when I don't even know where to start. But exploring your body, acknowledging a lot of the things that haven't gone right is helpful because sometimes we need to unlearn things and sometimes we need to relearn them in a new, more positive way. We have shoved down by necessity so much of ourselves and our connection to our bodies over the past year and a half. And one of the things that happens during sex, which is one of the biggest problems that people have, is they get stuck in their heads. They're Mm -hmm. thinking about their own body. They're thinking about what their partner thinks about their body. If their partner is having fun, are they having fun? And I really try to help people refocus on what does it feel like to be in your body? What part of your body is experiencing pleasure right now, even if your body isn't perfect? Even if you don't love right now every single part of your body, you still deserve to have pleasure in it. And the easiest way to get to pleasure is by getting out of your head and getting back in touch with your five senses. Whether or not that includes sex or or sexuality, I think getting back in touch with pleasure in our bodies using all of our senses is a really amazing way to be able to stay present, which has been kind of difficult, and to just remind ourselves what pleasure feels like. That's definitely a reminder I could personally use. Shan had this stat to share that shows we not only need reminders of what pleasure feels like, but we also have been expanding our definition of it. Studies show that most people tried something new sexually during the pandemic, whether that means they bought a new toy or they tried a new kink, started watching different categories of porn. So people expanded their definition of what sexual pleasure is. And I hope that you take that definition and bring it into partnered play, specifically for people in heterosexual relationships and the women in relationships. There was a stat that I saw that said that during hookups, first time hookup, you never had sex with this person before. People with penises orgasm around like 88 to like 95% of the time. And lesbians will orgasm around 60% of the time. And if you are in a heterosexual connection and you are having sex with somebody for the first time, only 7% of people are likely to have an orgasm with their partner. And that's the thing is whenever we talk about like going out there and having multiple partners and just having fun, I'm like, yeah, do that. But like, can we come still? Because (laughs) I mean, it's not fun just to be like a donor for other people's pleasure and a donor for other people's orgasms. And I think for a long time, heterosexual women relegated themselves to that role that, oh, well, I'll find other ways to make sex enjoyable for me because orgasm is like so unlikely I hope during this year, you gave yourself incredible orgasms that weren't that hard. And you're like, it's very likely if I'm able to advocate for my pleasure in this exact same way. So I would, I want to see that stat turn around and people take their self-pleasure practices into partner practice to increase the amount of orgasms that everyone is having. And if you need tips for getting yourself there, Rebecca has you covered. There's some learning and unlearning that happens with people who have vulvas where it's like, hey... This is your area of pleasure. Your clitoris has so many nerve endings. It has way more than the penis. 
it is built for pleasure. And there's so much fun that can come from that. I love recommending tools that are going to motivate you to build intimacy with yourself. One, you have to carve out the time. So like making sure that you have some personal time, whether that's, you know, in the tub, in the shower, in the bedroom, wherever you have your sacred space, like make sure that space feels really good to you. And then trying to plan in advance to make sure that you do have tools for self-exploration. So a good arousal oil, a good lubricant, a new sex toy, or read an erotica book. When it comes to arousal, if you think of it as a scale, like from zero to 10, 10 being fully, fully aroused, you're like on the verge of orgasm and you're orgasming. You want to try to explore your body to go up and down this zero to 10 scale throughout your self-exploration process. So if you can kind of hang around a seven-ish and then you lower it back down, what it does is it builds your orgasm, it builds your arousal. And so it makes you excited, feel good, good blood flow. I would say starting with 20 minutes a couple times a week and then getting to the point where you are carving out at least half hour every day for something that brings you pleasure. Now, it doesn't have to actually be sexual at that point. It can be a scalp massage. It could be a foot massage. It could be sitting with music and just being really mindful about like your body, but building pleasure so your body gets used to wanting that. So the more pleasure you have, the more your body's going to crave it. Okay. So before we get swept away in our pleasure building practices, I think it's important to also look at the other thing our minds and bodies have been craving, which came up in each of these conversations and intimacy was the standout answer. But in the pursuit of intimacy, how do we stay grounded in our true selves, as Ray mentioned, and not get so caught up in a hot mess summer? The quickest and easiest win here is about boundaries. It's about knowing what it is that you want, what you desire, and what you don't want and what you don't desire in relationships and staying very grounded in that and also respecting other people's boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think that might be a difficult thing this summer, not on purpose, not because we're trying to bulldoze over people's boundaries, but because I do think there's a lot of expectation for our needs to be met in ways that they haven't in a long time. I think it's going to be very easy to get swept away into a new relationship this summer because it feels good and I'm all for people feeling good and enjoy it. But let's also stay connected to our bigger wants, needs, and values when we're pursuing these new relationships. The truth is, I think to this pandemic, what we've really seen is that you can truly take the wheels of your life in your own hands and steer it the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. Although we all went to the pandemic and everybody had more or less the same variables, the people's experiences were so different from house to house. And the same thing can happen with dating. You don't have to subscribe to the one size fits all. Here's what the dating culture is. You can really take this by the wheel and steer it where you want to go. So rather than looking to see what dating is going to be like this summer in the future, ask yourself, what do I want my dating life to be like this summer? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What do I want my dating life to look like this summer? And whether you're single or coupled, we're all tired of not bonding with people and are wanting increased human connection. So how do we get back to prioritizing ourselves, our values, all while nurturing the intimate relationships, platonic, romantic, or otherwise, and have fun while doing it? Shan reminds us of this. If the world can make these massive adjustments to the culture to fit what was healthiest, why can't you also do that for your own individual dating intimate life? You are the CEO of your company, like a multi-billion dollar Taylor Enterprise company. Not everybody is going to be invited uh, as a board member. Not everyone's mm-hmm. going to be invited in the CEO suite. Like you've got multiple positions to curate. And especially when it comes to intimacy, I think this year has really taught us that we want different people for different things. There was a psychologist who said to me, a thing I'll never forget, that healthy intimacy is about taking small steps. And small steps that are not going towards a particular direction, but just for the joy of walking. So we're not walking towards a relationship. We're not walking towards marriage. We're just moving as it feels natural for us. And if we take a step forward, we stop. And then we talk about it. And then when it feels right, you take a step forward together. I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they meet somebody, they start walking, and then they start sprinting ahead of that person. And then they stop and look back and realize that person hasn't kept pace with them. And then they get angry about the gap. But if you just slow it down and again, be less directional, but just more mindful of, hey, like we're in an experience to really understand what's happening and understand the progress or the regression and to make meaning of that. And I think if you do it that way, you're never really caught off guard by what things are or what they're not. I met a lot of people through the pandemic where this was actually their ideal conditions because again, it forced people to slow down It stopped this like quick swipe right culture. So if you have a notion that it's going to go back to the way things were before, yes, for some people who thrived in that environment, I'm sure they're going to try to recreate that because that was their jam. I would do the same thing. If my preference was the trend before, yeah, I'm going to try to recreate that environment. But if my preference was actually the way things shifted during the pandemic, you can still keep that going. And there are a lot of people who will keep that going, one, and two, People who used to be more libertine, who are now looking for something more structured, more settled, and frankly, more monogamous. As we evaluate what we're after, whether it be monogamy, a return to swiping for that instant satisfaction, or opening up conversations in our existing relationships to reevaluate our desires, what's clear is we need to emphasize practicing and creating safe spaces for not only the LGBTQ plus population and non-binary folks, But for all of us, Ray shares how we can all practice a little more care and sensitivity for people's individual needs. One of the biggest things that goes into creating safety, if you are with somebody who is trans or non-binary, is asking what they want their parts to be called and also not 
assuming what certain sexual roles or activities mean in the bedroom and really degendering what it means to be a top, what it means to be a bottom, what it means to play in a certain way or with certain toys. Mm -hmm. That goes a long way in creating safety in that population. And I, I also think that's applicable to folks who don't identify within the LGBTQ population as well. Yeah. To not make assumptions about what something means necessarily in the bedroom. Because so many people are working from home and exclusively on Zoom and not going out, if somebody is in a safe environment in their home life, they've had a lot of opportunity to play with gender expression in ways mm -hmm. that they might not have had before. They've also had a lot of time to reflect on their gender identity, and that might have shifted for people as well. And there is a lot of pressure and a lot of social anxiety that I see coming up for folks. So just being aware of that and being extra affirming of your loved ones, of anybody that you happen to be going out with or sleeping with who identifies within that community Mm -hmm. is very, very helpful. On top of that, giving these folks some space to share whatever complicated feelings that they may have. Jen, Rebecca, and Ray each really helped me map out the expectations I want to set ahead of the summer the sexual energy I want to permit into my bubble, and finding comfort in defining my dating life on my own terms, outside of any societal pressures. I wondered what they hope will hold on to this summer and beyond, and what shifts they anticipate as our new normal unfolds. People have had to have the conversation around COVID. You know, have you been vaccinated? Have you been tested? Have you had COVID before? Do you have somebody high risk? So these conversations around health that people were like, I have no idea how to bring this up in terms of sexual health. People are now more in practice of. My hope is the new normal has more emphasis on sexual health just because we've had more emphasis on health in general. We have more to lose by not talking about sex. Push through being uncomfortable a little bit and just know that it's a core human need that we have. If you start making it more of an everyday conversation, the generation after you is going to start to make it a more everyday conversation. And if you want to feel good, create a regimen for you where you're like, I have pleasure sprinkled throughout my life. I have the things I need to feel really good. And like invest in that. Invest in your nightstand. When I think of sexual well-being, I think of a, a healthy and grounded relationship with partners, with sex, with eroticism, with intimacy, and our bodies. And I also think of ethical, right, consent-based, everybody's agreeing, and risk-aware, and boundaries are known and respected. It's also shame-free and pleasure-focused. My hope for this summer and beyond is that we remember that we only get one life and we deserve to feel pleasure and joy in it. We deserve to be treated well and we deserve to treat other people well. And I, I hope that that really shifts our culture in a, a positive way. 
I personally plan to redefine the future of my sexual well-being and find joy in owning what brings me pleasure and who deserves a seat at the table. The first touching encounters will no doubt be awkward, but that's okay. It's part of the process. And if I can just tune in more on what I actually desire, rather than a picture-perfect summer of love, lust, and coupling, then I think it'll be better than any of us can predict. On today's show, you heard from Rebecca Alvarez, Shan Boudram, and Ray McDaniel. This episode was produced by Ella Dove, Kate Spees, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share with your summer friends. Our mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. Special thanks to Jess Friedman, Ali Short, Jen Snyder, and Cassie Wolfe.